0: Good morning, okay did everybody get a bulletin or most of you because if you did you got one of these little sheets that says breakfast is next Sunday at 10 o'clock and that is incorrect sorry I just realized that breakfast is at 8 o'clock it will be before the it'll be before this service there will no there won't be a breakfast between the two services that would kind of create a bigger parking problem than we already have. So this thing was just reprinted, and it says 10. So hear me really carefully. If you show up at 10 hungry, you're going to get some donuts, and and that's okay. You're going to get the normal treats. But if you want breakfast like you're accustomed to, be here at 8 o'clock. Everybody nod in agreement. Yeah. Okay, 8 o'clock. I can't wait to see how many people show up at 10 o'clock for breakfast. No, for breakfast at 10. Um, so, and I'm sorry. Our apologies on that. I didn't catch it till I was just sitting there. Uh, we're going to have breakfast, and it's still a great time to invite somebody. It's just when breakfast should be. See, ten really is lunch time in my world. That's you, you've been asleep too long if you're eating breakfast at ten. So, anyway, t- sorry. Try to remember that. And if you give one to someone, you need to you need to tell them that that the time on it is incorrect. Breakfast is at eight, and it will be very good as usual. Yeah. And yeah, yum. So come, come eat, come hang out with us and we'll have some fun. Man, it's good to see you guys. This is this is still exciting to me. Well, it's always going to be exciting to me, but but we've started this. We're seeing this crowd. This, these seats are going to fill up. I know what they are. I mean, I, we serve a great God, and he says we can do greater things through him than we could ever imagine, so we're going to fill up this service. The, the amazing thing is the 11 o'clock service, I didn't, we didn't see a lot of change. I mean, they're still pretty full, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, we're going to just keep it up and keep going. We always need volunteers, guys. We always need volunteers, and Um, the the message today will speak to that a little bit because I think it'll speak to why some of you don't volunteer. Uh, And and hopefully it'll help clear a little bit of that up. It's not on volunteering, but it does does speak to it. So if you've been here over the last couple of weeks, being we're in a new year, 2017, I wanted to talk about what I think are some ways to improve your life. Your, Your 2017, but not just 2017, that they would ultimately improve your life. And I told you when we started, I'd give you three things. We've gone through two of them, and today I'm going to give you the third. And I, and I hope if you'll take these things, and we said, listen, you've got to put them into practice. Uh, we've, y- your intentions won't get this done. It takes execution. You have to practice these things. You have to put them into action uh, and, and see what happens. But I truly believe if you'll take these three things and start putting them in your life, you'll see some change. I think you'll see some change immediately in 2017, and I think it'll lead you to have a better life overall. And I'm going to bet there's not a one of you out there that say you wouldn't like to see your life improve a little bit. I, I would. I absolutely would. There's things I need to work on and, and improve, and that's, that's what we can do. But we have to take these biblical principles and put them into action. So last, uh, two weeks ago, we talked about the first one, and I just said it's prayer. Really, quite simply, you've got to communicate with your Heavenly Father, and that's prayer. And there's really there's many reasons you pray, but, but I gave you two particular ones. And one is, is prayer builds and strengthens our relationship with our Heavenly Father. When we're praying, we're, we're opening up lines of communication, and, and we're building and strengthening that relationship with Christ and our Heavenly Father. And I think that's so important. That's the most important relationship in your life. So why wouldn't you talk to your Heavenly Father as often as you can? I, I just think there's no reason not to. The other thing I said is, is prayer projects our faith on and in the correct person, and that is our Heavenly Father. When we're praying, we're projecting our faith, and when we pray, we should expect. We talked about that a couple weeks ago. When we pray, we should expect. And it's amazing when your prayers are, are sent out in faith. So much so that, that the, the writer uh, said we could move mountains through our Heavenly Father. And I, I said, I don't know that we move the mountain, but our faith in Him, as I read for you last week in Psalms, it says the mountains don't move, they melt. And I think that's pretty amazing. So, so why wouldn't we pray? I, I mean, you want to have a better life, I would just tell you, if you don't have a good prayer life, start one. Really simple. You don't know how to talk to your father. Just call on him. Talk to him. Do you have to get on in the closet on your knees? No. Just talk to your heavenly father. So we need to pray. And then last week I told you, you that one of the things I think it will improve your life is to surrender. Is we need to absolutely surrender our lives to Christ. And the problem with that is most people see surrender as this negative term of being oppressed and put down and losing your rights. And it's quite the opposite when you surrender your life to Christ. What you give up is the worldly rights, the worldly ways, but you, you inherit this kingdom and these kingdom rights, and they're so much better than what we have here on earth. Uh, it, it's really all about exchanging one for the other, and I'll take, I'll take the rights of my Heavenly Father. I'll surrender to Him before I'd ever want to surrender to the world. And One of the things I've seen this time and time again, and I've said this many times, is I've never, had, I've never seen anyone have to apologize for living godly principles. But yet I see people all the time in the news and personally having to apologize for worldly principles that they put in action that were wrong. But these just won't lead you astray. So we need to surrender. We need to pray and we need to surrender. So I'm going to give you a third one today. And, and I do. I hope you'll package these together and I hope you'll take them and I hope you'll put them to use because I think they will change your lives. But before we get to the third one today, I've got to confess. When I was a kid... I'm going to go out on a limb and say there was times when I tried my parents' patience. Any of you guys? <laughs> now A couple of you said no. Good for, uh, man, I love that. Good for you guys. No, <laughs> I tried my parents' uh, patience. Sometimes I probably challenged their desire to even be a parent. I don't know. They probably said, why did we do this? Uh, and actually, that was my brother's fault. He was older, and he set up all, all the principles for that, but I, I don't know. But anyway, I tried, I tried their patience, and I know that. Um, they were always fair. I'll say that about my parents. They were always fair. Even when I was pushing the limits, they were always fair with us. And, and that's, that's fair enough. That's what you want. Even when I pushed them the most, they, they were fair with me. But one of the things, and, and there was a dreaded phrase I heard, and my dad said it more my mother. I don't know that my mother used this phrase. And I'll bet you some of you heard this too as kids. Is When, when, I, when I was pushing their patience and maybe a little, out, I, I remember my dad saying, okay, son. You never want him to start a sentence with OK Son, first of all. That was not a good thing. We all had nicknames, and OK Son was meant it's going to get real serious. He would look at me and he'd say, OK, we can do this the easy way. You guys heard it, too. You're not as saintly as you want to leave it on. I get this. Yeah, but I grew up, and I heard that probably too many times. We can do this the easy way, or we can do this the hard way. And I'm glad to know I wasn't the only one that heard that. That was crystal clear to me. When my dad said, Dad, that was crystal clear. Hope it was to you guys, because I never wanted to do it the hard way. The reason it was crystal clear to me is because my parents laid down real clear rules for us as boys. They had two sons. I've got a brother that's four years old, four years older. Good Lord, I hope I don't have a brother four years old. (laughs) Wow, mom's 81. (laughs) Guinness Book of Records, here we come. I have a brother that's four years older than me. But they laid out real clear rules. And they, they were. And listen, this is something, This is biblical. I would tell you if you're a parent out here today and if you're a child, you to hear this too. Because the Bible talks about this. Your yeses have to be yeses and your noes have to be no. My parents' rules, for the most part, were not negotiable. Sorry. And then you said, well, I don't like that. Well, tough. Then You know, Daddy would say that. He made a good deal to me. And my he said, you can live here as long as you want. Forever and ever, amen. You can bring your wife. But you're going to live by my rules, not negotiable. Yeah, amen. That's fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. So that's how we grew up, and that's pretty good. And here's what I'll tell you. not going to lie to you. I broke the rules. I did. I broke the rules. I wasn't the saint. You guys think I am. I know you think I am. Huh? <laughs> no, I don't live there anymore either. Yeah, that's true. They took my house key from me. <laughs> hey, we can be family here, can't we, guys? Come on. Uh, I broke the rules. I broke the rules. But you know what? And I know this for a fact. They never quit loving me. Disappointed. Hurt them. That was really all the discipline I needed was to know that it had hurt my parents. That kept me in line. It didn't work so well for my brother, and I love my brother, but he was a little different guy. But that was enough to keep me in line. It, it, it was going to hurt my parents, so they didn't have to, to, to go to great depths to discipline me and punish me. But they laid out the rules, and they were real clear. And, and listen, in our, in our godly life, in our walk with Christ, it really comes down to kind of the same thing. I mean, it really does. It really boils down to the same thing with our heavenly Father that it does with our earthly Father. His yeses are yeses. Jesus Christ, our, our, our God Almighty. They're, they're, listen, His yeses is yes, and His noes no. And so, well, I don't know how to find that. Well, they're right here, and they're real clear. Whoops. Don't need that anyway. Whoops. So his, but his yeses are yeses and his noes are noes, and and we've got to understand that. And let me tell you something. I heard somebody say this a long time ago. If you don't like that, if you can't deal with that, this is where it gets pretty tough. Then create your own universe, because he created this one. It's his rules, and I'm going to tell you what. Good luck. Good luck, because you have nothing to start with. Everything here's his. So you, that's not going to work. So we're we're obligated to to follow. And abide by his rules. And you're going, I don't know where this is going. You're, you're kind of being mean to us this morning. No, I'm not being mean. I'm trying to help you have a better 2017 and a better life. And there's some really good principles here that we st- I learned at home. And I understand some people don't learn the same principles. But I learned at home that if you obey rules, it's typically the way we, sh- we should be. And it should be the exact same with our Heavenly Father. So the third thing I want to give you today, the third thing I want to talk about, is defined like this it's defined as a dutiful or submissive compliance to the commands of one in authority that's pretty long did you get that let me do it again Uh, the dutiful or submissive compliance to the commands of one in authority you're going how can i remember that it's called obedience pure and simple it's called obedience and that's the biblical definition. If you really break it apart now, or you're going to turn in your Bibles. You're not going to find that. But I'm telling you, if you study obedience, that's what you're going to find. It's a dutiful or submissive compliance to the commands of one in authority. Guess who's in authority? God. God. Guess who'll be in authority tomorrow? God. You guys are doing real well. I'm going to give you the bonus question. Guess who'll be in authority next? Yeah. <laughs> you're, you're starting to get this. And by the way, after that, guess who'll be in authority? God. God. So why wouldn't, we, why wouldn't we be obedient to God? The definition I gave you says to be dutiful. To you and I, that means to be obligated to God because He is in charge. So we should be obligated to God. And let me tell you something I've learned and I've seen this time. When we're obligated to God, you're going to have a better life right off the bat because I think your choices are you can be obligated to God or you can be obligated to the world. Either or. And you'd say, well, there's some subtle differences in there. There may be some subtle differences, but it's one or the other. You're either, you're either living to please God or you're living to please the world, which would be yourself. You can, you can do it all different ways you want to. But, but good luck. Yeah, and, and the best one is to be obligated, to be dutiful and obligated to God. Now, the definition also says we should be submissive. We don't like that word at all. You want me to be submissive. You want me to be submissive. It's the greatest submission you'll ever have in your life when you're submissive to God. You, you can't go wrong. Because really what it says is, will yield our ways to the wills of God. will yield our ways to His ways. And let me tell you, His ways, His ways, His ways are always better than our ways. I'm telling you, you can't beat it, guys. His ways are better than our ways. He says we can do more if we do it His way. We can do it better if we do it His way. We'll love more if we do it His way. You won't have enemies because He says love your enemies. His ways trumps our ways every time. We should be submissive. But we don't like the term submissive. And I'm telling you, I understand this obedience thing's tough. This I said last week that that, that may be the hardest one. I don't know. Obedience surrenders hard. Obedience may be tougher because that really just speaks to the core of us. That really just it just goes right to the heart of us and, and obedience is hard we, we learn it from uh, from small children to school to, to work and we're always thinking you know I can do it better I've got better ideas and obedience is tough but but this is really something we've got to do but let me tell you the beauty this is what takes away that submissiveness to it you, sh- you sh- <laughs> got to be careful with this obedience flows out of authority to God but what it really should flow out of where your obedience should really come from is from your love for god which puts it in a whole different context i honored my parents because i loved them they had authority i get that but i honored them because i loved them that made their being submissive really easy so really in the scheme of things being obedient is not difficult it's the perspective that we come from with our obedience and i believe this from the bottom of my heart When we come to God in obedience out of love, it trumps coming to Him out of obedience, out of authority. And somebody's going to challenge me on that. I get it. I get it. I get it. I don't know what I'll tell you except to see Matt Leonard. (laughs) Matt, you might have to clean that one up. Love Him. Be obedient out of love. He has the authority. Listen, I guess this is what I'm really saying. He has the authority whether you like it or not. My dad explained that a couple times when I pushed it. Yeah. Yeah. Your heavenly Father has the authority whether you like it or not. So, so you want to do it the easy way or the hard way. See, I love this stuff. He made it where a guy that, that's, that's, like me can understand this. A, just a country boy that grew up not knowing what was going on and yet he said, this is how it works. Let me tell you this too. When you're disobedient, when you're disobedient, this is the problem with that. When you're disobedient, that flows from our love for self or others. you got to think about that one a minute. But if you're disobedient to these principles, these godly principles, then it's flowing out of your love for self, or others. I mean, who are you trying to impress? Because you know this, if you know this book at all, if you've studied it all, and some of you aren't, aren't as far along as others, I get that. But if you think it's wrong, it's wrong, and you're not impressing your heavenly Father. So who are you impressing? Yourself, or others? got a question how many of you started a universe i don't care about impressing you guys and that's been a struggle for me as your pastor because i'm supposed to be the good guy and and when i'm the good guy just to be the good guy this thing will flop i'm trying to be obedient and impress one person and that's my heavenly father yeah yeah and i I would tell you we really need to understand that not just as pastor but as, as 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 pastor sitting in the seat as disciple sitting in the seat you're not here to impress me you're here to impress your heavenly father Really simple, really simple. So we got to get this obedience thing down. Let me, let me share you got, always got to have some good scripture in here to back this up because this is just my word so far. But let me give you some, some really good scripture and this goes back to first John and if you have your Bibles or your phone apps and want to look at that. First John is uh, Revelation, Jude third, John, second John, first John. So go to the back and turn forward five books and you'll find a little, bitty, little little bitty books that John wrote. and this is what he said. And to me, it really speaks about obedience. And it really kind of, I I love it when they take and package it where a guy like me can understand. This is what he said in 1 John 5, verse 1. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has become a child of God. Okay, right there tells me I got one person to be obedient to. I'm a child of God. And I will tell you this too, kids, if you're here, if you're obedient to God, you're being obedient to your parents. I don't know if there's any small, I don't see a lot of, but listen, if you're being obedient to God, you're being obedient to your parents. You can put that one in the bank, I'm telling you. you can put. It in. I've got some folks here that have raised their kids that way, and they'll tell you, that principle works. Let's keep going. Anyone who loves the Father loves his children too. We know we love God's children if we love God and obey His commands. Loving God means keeping his commands and his commands. Listen to this. I love this. And his commands are not burdensome. Boy, that just took a load off. His commands are not burdensome. Actually, they're helpful. For every child of God defeats this evil world, and we achieve this victory through our faith. And who can win this battle against the world? Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. That's That's right. Guys, you might want to write that one down. John, 1 John 1, 1 through 5 really sums it up you want to defeat this world you want to defeat this world then you have to believe that jesus is the son of man that's not real hard to do because i've already got to one point none of you guys created a universe you're not him our heavenly father is the one we're out to to lift up to praise if you want to look at it that way and we do that through our obedience Listen, I've said this time and time again, and I'll say it time and time again. God cares more about your obedience than he ever did your abilities. He cares more about your obedience than he ever did about your abilities. When he called the first disciples, as I recall, he didn't say, okay, I need to see your resume. Let me see what your skills are, because they were fishermen, first of all. So it probably wouldn't have been but so impressive. But he didn't say, I want to see your resume. He said, I want you to drop your nets and follow me. Guess what they did? They dropped their nets, and they followed him. That's called obedience. Nowhere in there do I see ability. Can you talk? Can you stand up and teach? Can you sing? Can you play the guitar? Can you play the No, I didn't see that. He said, I want you to be obedient. I want you to get up, and I want you to follow me. That goes back to this. What's God calling you to do that you're not being obedient about? I can give you a whole list. I mean, yeah, I can probably give everybody in here a list, including myself, of things I'm not being obedient to. It's what we're called. It's what we're called to do. God wants your obedience. He'll use your abilities if you'll give him your obedience. I I think think exponentially. I think our our abilities are kind of like blowing in the wind until we give him our obedience. You you can you can think everything's going well and it's great and and couldn't get any better, but but if you're not truly obedient, then I don't I don't think he's using you the way he wants to and the way he can, because he says he can do infinitely. We can do infinitely more through him, and the way we do it through him is when we're obedient to him, when we honor his ways, his word, his teachings. It's not burdensome. That's what it says. It's isn't burdensome. He didn't put a bunch of things on us to make it hard in our lives. He put things and. It's really, I'll get in real trouble for this. There's so much common sense in here, it's scary. Maybe that's what's the problem. We don't grasp common sense. Hey, don't have an affair. Your life will go better. Your marriage will be better. You have an affair, it falls apart. Kids, go around behind your parents' backs. You're not going to have a good childhood. They're going to have to discipline you. They're not burdensome, they're helpful. And I can go on and on and on with those and give you examples one after another. Pretty simple process, guys. Pray, surrender, and be obedient. Pray, surrender, and be obedient. Pray for surrender that you'll be obedient. Try that. Yeah. Pray for surrender that you'll be obedient because that's all some of you really need to start with. And I say that open-handedly to me, too, is we need to pray that we'll surrender so we'll be obedient to God. Whoo, we ought to go home on that one. We're fixing to. I mean, really. I could have come out and said that one phrase and y'all could have gone home. I didn't want to. <laughs> hey, this is kind of fun. Thank you, guys. Listen, here's what obedience will do for you when you really cut to the chase. Obedience proves your love for God. You know what your disobedience proves? Your disdain for God. Oh, I'm sorry. That's pretty tough, isn't it? Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's pretty tough, but that's, that's really where we're at with this. Your obedience proves your love for God. Your disobedience proves your disdain for God. But I didn't mean it that way. It's just a little thing. Hurt him. hurts your heavenly father. What was it one of my professors said in talking about little sins versus big sin, this is kind of cold. He says, dad's dead. dead. Dead's dead. It's tough, guys. I know, listen, sometimes these are hard. But, but, but it leads to a better life. If you'll take these things and put them into practice, it leads to a better life. Your obedience proves your love for God. Your obedience glorifies God. Did you know that? That's what he wants. He wants our obedience. That glorifies. I tell you the great thing about that. Here's what I love to see. When we're obedient, it glorifies God, and the world sees that. Well, why did they do that right? Have you ever been in a restaurant or a store and they gave somebody too much change back and the customer said, I'm, I'm sorry you gave me and I know worldly people do that, too. Listen, there are good people. They just don't know what they're missing, and they don't have the life they could. But, but that always instills great hope in me, and that, that's, that's where we should be. We should be living as a follower of Christ. We should always be above board, always above board. They give you too much change, get it back, because if they charge you too much, what are you going to do? You're going to ask for it. So why wouldn't you give it back? I didn't mean to get on that one, but it's just what it is. It glorifies him, and people need to see. If we're going to claim to be followers of Jesus, then we need to be glorifying him, and we glorify him when our actions are above board. When we control this thing called a mouth and a tongue, that's how we glorify him. Our obedience allows God to bless us. And you think, okay, I'm going to be obedient. I'm going to get all this money. No, 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 no. Maybe, I don't know. That's not the blessings I'm talking about. It may, just be, it may just be a better life, which is pretty blame good. But our obedience allows, us, allows him to bless us. Our disobedience, I think, disqualifies us from so many blessings, from so many. So you want to know why 2016 may have stunk, 2015? I don't know. Last week may have stunk. My last week, yeah, who knows? But maybe you need to take these principles, and maybe, just maybe, you need to put them in practice. You need to start looking at your life. And listen, I gave you three things. I could preach on this for the next year, giving you ways to improve your life. Matt could come up and do the next year. And that that could be the one title that we talked about, how to improve your life. There are so many, so many principles in here. You've got to pick up the book and and take it upon yourself to learn some of them. I've gave you three things that I think will kind of get you started. You can take and and they're kind of the core. That if you're praying, pray, pray for direction when you're praying. Thank God for who He is and what He's done and pray for direction. Pray that you'll surrender, that you may be obedient. That's pretty powerful, guys. You get up for the next two weeks and start your morning, God, as I I, I pray for surrender, that I will be obedient. Use me today. Hang on. I don't know what will happen. I think something will happen, though. Pray it in faith. You've got to want it, guys. You absolutely have to want it. this is kind of a challenge if you will this is kind of a challenge because this this I know we'll we'll have tough times and struggles and we're gonna blame it on something and you're gonna probably blame it on the world and I get that so let's give the world the world's due let's give God his due let's just turn it loose let's lift it all up to him we have hardships we have struggles we have tough times One of the things I've learned is true obedience to God leads to peace with God. True obedience to God leads to peace with God. I can't think of anything you would rather have than peace with your heavenly Father. I mean, peace with the Creator? You're kidding me. I can have peace with the Creator? Sure you can. It's called being obedient. It's called surrender. It's called talking to Him. It's called being in prayer and lifting up your Father and, and, and glorifying Him in our actions. I, I think this is so key to your life. If you want a better life, if you want peace in this world, and when I say peace in this world, it's really it's, it's, it's a little different than the worldly folks would think because they think peace is having money in the bank account and a big house and fancy cars, and that's not, that's not peace, guys. That's materialism, that's worldliness, and it will fade. I'm talking about an ongoing, enduring peace that comes through obedience to our Heavenly Father. True obedience to God leads to peace with God. You can't beat it. You can't go wrong. So I would just tell you, I would encourage you. I I can't make you do anything. not trying to, not trying to manipulate you. I'm just telling you the truth as I understand this book. And as I understand my Heavenly Father, and I want you to have everything you're entitled to based on this. And it starts with obedience, which comes from surrender, which comes from prayer. It's amazing. Try it. Try it. Put it into action. I've encouraged you and I've encouraged you. uh, No advice on success works unless you do. Try it. Put it in action and see what happens. Somebody may be sitting here today that doesn't have a relationship with Christ. That's the first step you need to take. That's the first step you need to take. You need to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. What does that mean? Surrender. Surrender your life to Him. Right now, you can do that. How do I do that? Prayer. Father, I'm a sinner. Messed up, made mistakes, going backwards. I give it all to you out of obedience. Pretty simple pretty simple prayer you, you, you don't have to know Greek you don't have to know Hebrew you have to know your Heavenly Father change your life if you're here today and you have that relationship maybe maybe you need to work on fine-tuning some of these I don't know maybe you need to work on the obedience part you've got the prayer you've got the surrender but if you're not obedient you got a question do you really have the surrender I mean really you got to, what, what don't you trust God with I can tell you the answer to that, by the way. I'll go ahead and tip my hat on that. And I can tell you what most of us don't trust God with. It's the first thing we'll, it's the last thing we'll surrender to Him, completely surrender. And this isn't a pitch. Listen, this isn't a pitch. This church is so, your money is the last thing that you'll truly trust God with. I guarantee you. Guarantee it. Nine out of ten, that's going to be the last thing you'll try. I got it, God. I got it. I got it. I got it. It's not yours, by the way. It's not yours. So good luck with that. It'll be the last thing you'll surrender. But so maybe some of us just need to work on that. And I I promise you, that wasn't a ploy. We've already taken up the offering. You won't hear that again. Come on, guys. I'm telling you, you want a better life. Right there's three principles you can't go wrong with. Let's pray. Father, we want to thank you today that you've you've made this so simple for us. You said your commands are not burdensome. Actually, they lift us up when we put them to practice in our lives. Thank you. Thank you, Father. Thank you that we can talk to you. We have a direct line of communication to our Heavenly Father. It's called prayer. We can reach out. We can talk. We can, we can communicate with you. You communicate with us in so many different ways. We have this amazing book called the Bible that's full of books that, you, that you've inspired, Father. We thank you. We're called to surrender, to give it all to you, Father. When we surrender to you, it's amazing what can happen. But the first thing that should happen is obedience. When we surrender, we should become obedient to you, Father. Honoring you, dutiful. And through submission but most importantly through love Father so thank you thank you for this body that we're here today together worshiping praising your holy name learning your principles I just pray Father we just pray we want to see amazing things happen you change the world you change the world and for that we give thanks we pray in your holy name Amen